Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. I'm not even going to give a chance for Casey to talk because we have the greatest park news that we have ever had to cover on, on this podcast the Sam Eagle Sipper is available at Epcot. We can end the pod. There's nothing else oh, we can talk man. about that will be as exciting as this happening. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, then. Well, Matt, uh, I guess uh, have a great day, everybody. This one's on <laughs> us. We'll see you again real soon. Um, no. Uh, are you going to be ordering yourself one? Can you order one? If not, I do have a, a in-park shopper who can get you one if, you, if you're looking to get one. Will they be available in a week or so? I don't know. Well, I'll, I can check in with her right now. Uh, she's actually, she's my magical shopper, my magical Disney shopper. Her name's Brittany. I met her at Momentum, and she's phenomenal. And she's not like those normal, like, people who go to the parks and buy a ton of stuff and then overcharge on eBay. She she does it as needed, and she only charges, I think it's a 20% overage, oh, that's not which bad. actually is not bad at all. And she's well, got and- a huge following. And I would I would pay an extra twenty percent to not have yeah. to get down. See, I'm going to be down there for a day in like I don't know, like two weeks or just over That's under two right. weeks. And I'm going to be in I'm going to be in Epcot, so we'll see. I may if uh, that one you might might be okay with that one because I don't think Sam the Eagle has the same following as let's say a Figment. Does. Yeah, yeah, Figment. Did you no see chance. the craziness of the Festival of the Arts merchandise yesterday? Like I mean, it was insane. Here's what is really frustrating to me. They will do everything for Figment. So, I mean, I don't know if you saw, like, the new uh, Beacon of Light on Epcot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've got all this Festival of the Arts stuff, all the popcorn bucket. And then they keep the ride exactly the same. Like, you know what's really good? The ride, people. Let, let's. I know, I know we got all this merch and everything, but you know what? The ride's fine. We don't need to put any money into that. Would you would you be okay if they just closed the ride and just kept him as a character at this point? Like to me, it almost seems like he has transcended the ride. I mean, at this point, that's pretty much what. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I go on the ride if I have time, and kind of begrudgingly as like, oh, well, I guess I got to see Figment, but it's not like I'm excited to go to that ride he essentially is not uh he yeah you're right you're right yeah yeah here's my thing it's either make a decision either close the ride and say figment is now just kind of the mascot of epcot or make the ride better i don't care or or they could close the ride down and actually make that his meet and greet area officially yeah I mean, I actually think they would find meet and greet or, you know, retheme it to inside out, retheme it to some type of imagination, give a nod to him. I don't I don't care. But just keeping it as is, is just that's just kind of a slap in the face, in my opinion. So, yeah, you know, whatever. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, I'll have to keep an eye out for Sam, the Eagle Sipper, because that is I'm usually not one that goes for that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I mean, this was they pretty much went. How can we create a product specifically for Matt? This is it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in other parks news, I mean, there's lots of stuff going on right now. Um, Bob Iger is finally doing what what he's 
I don't want to say he's finally doing this. I think he's doing some stuff around the edges, which is making Disney Parks fans very happy. On top of that, there's a lot of stuff happening this year. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, you've got five days left to, to ride Splash Mountain in its current incarnation if you want to do that. Disney, um, the World of Color 1 show is... Um, uh, uh, is debuting here. I, I believe by the end of this month, it should be debuting. We've got Tron like cycle run, which officially debuts April 4th. And again, the stuff that came out with Bob Iger and, and the decision that Josh tomorrow and him made on certain things. One of which is you don't have to pay to park at the resorts anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like, and, and I, when I saw that it's, you know, it seems so trivial and honestly it is. But it's that kind of stuff. It's the trivial things that make a Disney vacation worth it. Yep. And and that's why I was so happy to see something like that. I'm not looking for we've have ticket prices and we hotels are three dollars a night. Like that's just unrealistic to think about. But the fact that Iger is recognizing and Josh tomorrow as well are recognizing, hey, listen. We mm-hmm. can still make a great profit margin, still get lots of people to the park and not do this. Yeah. I mean, little things like, again, they're bringing happily ever after back on April 3rd. That's a huge win. Um, again, the, the not having to pay for parking at the resorts, huge win. Um, park hoppers, um, uh, in, in, um, Disneyland and uh, Disneyland and uh, California Adventure. You don't have to wait until 2 p.m. to park hop anymore. You can park hop as soon as 11 a.m. Now they're bringing yeah. that. Um, and then Disney AP holders in Walt Disney World, uh, beginning at a point in the very near future, you won't have to do a park pass reservation anymore on the weekdays after I think 2 p.m. or something like that. You can go to whatever park you want. So like or 4 p.m. I, I, these are just small wins that I think are going to add up. And again, I think they're just the tip of the iceberg and restoring what Disney is to us. That's my question with that one, especially that was interesting to me. Do you think that's kind of a trial run to see, Hey, how does a, how do, how does going back to quote unquote normal, like no park reservations? Well, I have an inside source. I'm not going to say who I'm not going to say where I got it from, but park reservations are not going away. They're, they're not going away. Okay. So, so let's just, I I don't have that as official, like from someone, I can just tell you that I know someone really cool. When you said that, I'll just, I'll just, (laughs) just like, I I could just, I could just say that this is being told by Disney officials to multiple sources out there that, park reservations are not going away okay and here's why they're working like they're first of all i don't know of anyone who has wanted to go to a particular park and not been able to do so if they planned ahead like i just um uh we've i just got tickets for someone less than 30 days out all the parks were still open you've just got to pick what park you want to go to i know day of it's a little bit of a pain in the butt because people are used to saying well i want to wake up and go here well you know okay so now you got to plan a little bit like you can't and here's and here's why it's working it's working for disney because they're able to schedule the cast members there that meet the to meet the demand of the capacity that's there and Friends, I'm going to say this for all of us who complain about the pricing of Disney. And yes, it is pricey. It is part of it. This is one way they can control crowd levels without having to raise prices. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, that that was just when I saw that, I was like, huh, I wonder if this is a pilot run to 
to to do that because I I'm I'm kind of with you like I don't think that the park the reservation system it once you realize like okay I have to I have to do it but otherwise it's not really that inconvenient of a thing to do it just is an extra an easy extra step I actually kind of like it because I know when I'm when I was planning trips before like okay, which park do I want to go to? When do I want to go to it? And now I got to, and then you kind of have to, you scatter brain a little bit and then yeah. you start making all these, like, I almost like it because it solidifies your day and then you can make your dining reservations and then you can like, you can know what you're going to do. And it's not as obnoxious as it once was where like a lot of this stuff had to be done 180 days out. It's not, mm-hmm. it's all done. Like you book your, you book your tickets, you book your resort, you get your park pass reservation. You can change it really whenever you want. Even if you book it, you can change it. You don't have to do any of the other stuff though until 60 days out. Two months out is reasonable in my book. Two months out is not horrible, yeah. you know? Yeah. And even then 24 hours out, you can make changes because everyone else is making changes. Like, it, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the stress of a Disney vacation has been taken, taken away. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm doing a lot more for people, you know, um, I mean, and maybe and that's honestly, part of it. to be honest with you, you could buy tickets two weeks out and probably, I mean, uh, based yeah. on dining know, wise, you'd have a little bit of trouble, I was saying, but, dining, that, you'd be fine. but like ticket wise, it's not like, Oh, this park's full barring. Like you're going on a super popular day yeah. or time. Of and year. the fact that fast passes don't have to be made 60 days out anymore because they're made through genie plus the day of that takes some of that concern out of it. Am I going to be able to get to ride the thing that I want to ride? Cause everyone's got an equal chance. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but um, so real quick before we get into our topic for the day. So Disney celebrates 100 years, right? That that's the theme this year, the platinum anniversary, blah, blah, blah. So did you hear the news about some of the Disney platinum product? I did not hear this. And you 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 said you said something about this in our pre, you know, pre record chat and you're like, oh I gotta save it. So I have to. I'm excited. So, um okay, so first and foremost, if you have got um children listening um and they're sensitive i'm not going to say any swear words or anything like that but there is a little bit of innuendo that i'm about ready to to put into the podcast uh this was first reported by inside the magic so i've got to give them credit here but disney released um uh two in particular um items on shop disney about three four weeks ago that um were going to be part of the Disney 100 celebration. They were a set of Mickey ears and mini ears. And if you've seen some of these, they're like dripping with like the platinum paint. Okay. Um, if you, if you look them up, if um, actually Matt, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna, I, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, the problem was, was in the way they described them um, uh, in the way that they described them initially uh, oh, no. on shop Disney. So here's, here's how disney chose to describe them on shop disney oh no minnie is dripping with excitement as she celebrates the centenary of the walt disney company in her typically fashionable style in this earhead band part of the disney 100 platinum celebration this limited release commemorative earhead band has been designed by disney artists for a special platinum dipped effect and includes a coordinated padded bow all presented in a special keepsake box. Well, fans took notice about many dripping with excitement and started just pranking Disney nonstop. Um, 
like literally people thought this was like one of those onion pieces like it had to be from the uh, onion so really quickly disney changed it to celebrate the centenary of walt disney company with Minnie mouse ear headband and they took the dripping with excitement out and then within about a matter of 48 hours they pulled the product completely (laughs) and it is they, they pulled it completely um one of my friends was successfully able at one of the, the shops, uh, I guess that had not gotten the message yet to be able to get um, the Mickey ears, like the, the display. But yeah, if you were to go to eBay right now, these things are probably going to be selling for a lot of money for those who yeah. actually got them. But I just, it's one of those things where even when, before I even read the description, I saw this thing and I'm like, this just doesn't look right. Like it looks bad in my mind, but it also looked vulgar. And I was like, who, who, who like product tested this? Like who was the quality assurance person that said, yeah, let's do this. You know, here's what every product person needs. You need like a high schooler and a middle schooler to look at your product (laughs) because they have, cause like high schools and middle schoolers will do anything and, and, and twist anything into making fun of it. All this stuff. Like you put those platinum ears out in front of a high schooler that have been like okay um you're, <laughs> you're on, joking guys. you're joking man you're joking yeah, like on, seriously man. what what up like what's up yeah. with that <laughs> so so I, I i just think i i get what they were going for because i do applaud them for trying something a little bit different that it isn't just like the same cookie cutter thing I agree. with like slightly different colors i'll applaud them on that Big, big swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, this was, you know, and I guess after a hundred years of doing product, you know, I guess at a certain point you run out of ideas and I, I don't know. I mean, they've, they've had some really good ideas. I got to say the 50th anniversary stuff they did really good on. I mean, and, and, yeah. and I love that they've segmented it out and now they're kind of in like their grand finale stage or whatever. So, but anyway, I just had to share with that. I thought that was, that was funny. So dripping with excitement oh my dripping gosh. with excitement all right well on to the show at hand um last week I, we teased this and we're actually going to turn this into one of our uh mainstays i guess would be the best way to put it um, yes. we introduced many many years ago three years ago almost now the idea of the convince me the convince me being that one of us has a hot take that we're going to try to convince the other person of uh, this one's a little bit different than that. Matt already kind of knew the, the 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 stuff because I don't get the uh, surprise. But this yeah, was not my topic idea. This was not so. his topic idea. About about three months ago, I texted Matt and said, "Show idea, Disney parks as national parks." So that's all it was. And he's like, "Okay." And so we put it on the schedule. But as I was thinking more about it today, I was like, "You know what? This is more my idea." And I got to say, I'm not the one who actually came up with this idea. I, I saw a tweet from one of the many many Disney sites out there that kind of put this out there that basically said that Disney parks are more like national parks than they are theme parks. And I was like, that's an interesting concept. And so I sat down. So I have got seven main points now that I'm going to go through. And, and, and as I say them, Matt, I, I'll give you a time after each one to kind of add your points here on why I believe uh, that Disney parks are more like national parks than just basic theme parks. Okay. Okay, and if you um, all are wondering, does Matt have enough experience uh, of national parks in order to understand this metaphor? I will have you know that I am a junior ranger at many of our ooh. nation's national parks. Yes, I have the patches to prove it. Uh, nice. A lot, lot when I was like, you know, 11 to 14 or something like that. So 
don't worry, folks. Junior Ranger Matthew Brown will understand all national park metaphors. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, some of these points are better than others. So let's go ahead and get started. Point number one. The domestic Disney parks, the two on the West Coast, the four on the East Coast, are distinctly American parks in that they feature capitalism, great food, and our culture. So much so that that has found its way all around the world in other continents, Asia and Europe in particular, that other people want that feeling of that distinctly American culture. Our national parks, same thing. They're distinctly American, right? You know, people come to America because they want to visit the Grand Canyon. They want to, um, they, they, that's probably the biggest one, but you know, a Yellowstone National Park, they want to visit the national parks in such a way because they're distinctly things that you can only get in America. Same thing here. You can only experience Walt Disney World in America. You can only experience Disneyland in America. The fact that Mickey Mouse is the most recognizable character in the world is a great example of the fact that this is one of our national outputs, one of our national resources that we have given to the world. That's number one. What do you think? Okay. Uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. I remember when, when um, that was one of the problems with um, Disneyland Paris was that they tried to give it like this European feel and people were like I don't I don't want it. I want I want the Americana. I want the America feel. Yep. Um not so much the uh um not so much the European version of of Disney. I want the American version. <laughs> I yep. love and, and granted, great food and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and granted, and granted, if you take like Shanghai Disneyland, its theme park, it's 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 moniker, its theme, it's whatever your tagline is, um, you know, distinctly, it's like I think it's distinct, uh, distinctly Chinese, but still Disney or something like that. So it's still got the Chinese vibe to it, but there are moments of Americanism, you know infiltrated into that if you will but the ones here specifically in yeah. america again they celebrate capitalism and if there, there's nothing more american than good old-fashioned capitalism folks let's be you honest betcha. Right? <laughs> okay right, so go on my, my second point here is probably less on the national park side of things but more about why it's less like a theme park yes it is an amusement park i totally agree with you but if you think about regional and local theme parks you don't have people traveling from San Francisco to go to Cedar Point, right? You don't have people traveling from Utah to head on down to Six Flags and whatever is the southeast part of the country, right? Theme parks are uniquely local or regional, right? Like I would say Cedar Point's reach is about where we're at right now. Chicago, maybe. But I mean, you might remember, I don't know about you, but Cedar Point for me, living in Michigan, two and a half hours away, was a two, maybe three times a summer event for us because it was so close, right? I don't know how it wasn't how it was in Flint for you or not, but similar idea, right? You would go, it, it was still considered local, even though it was three hours away. Disney, on the other hand, very much specifically Walt Disney World, but to some degree Disneyland, they are destination parks. People travel to them from all over the country. They make plans specifically to go to those parks, just like they make plans to go to the national parks all around the country. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Six Flags is probably the closest thing, uh, like, that you could get to this. Like, I, I guess I could say I want to go to that. I, I mean, Dollywood is out there. Dollywood like, would be an example of that. I don't know about Six Flags because they're regional. Um, like, Universal obviously is Universal kind of in that is up same there as well. Boat. Yep. But but I but I I yes, like very much so. Like I uh, we have a Six Flags around here in the Chicagoland area. I'm not feeling the need to be like you know where I need to go. All of the Six Flags. Exactly. Whereas I very much feel like I need to go to Disneyland and I need to go to Disney World. Like I need to experience both because they both are going to have a distinct feel whereas i feel like the six flags in illinois is going to feel like the six flags in california exactly i don't i don't really think i was going to get a distinct feel so yeah all right number three so this one has a lot to do with what national parks celebrate national parks vary obviously all over the country and they celebrate various things they celebrate natural wonders again the grand canyon yellowstone national park there's abraham lincoln's birthplace right there's alcatraz island you know i've got the the list pulled up of the various things that we we look at um you know that are we consider national parks in a lot of ways walt disney world and disneyland can fit into this because there is the celebration of an American entrepreneur in Walter Elias Disney himself, right? There is the story of what Walt stood for being born in 1901, his many failed attempts at being successful. And then, you know, even with up to the fact that Oswald the Lucky Rabbit failed at some point because he failed to secure the rights. And then that story behind Mickey Mouse really achieving where we are today. So in a lot of ways, when you go into a Disney park, and I would say probably more so Disneyland than Walt Disney World, you can feel the presence of Walt Disney himself and the celebration of who he was. Um, when you go into um, great moments with Mr. Lincoln, you can see the various points that led Walt to the success that he have has a lot of our national parks celebrate an individual or great Americans and their success and their contributions to our country. I would argue that Disney parks do that. Okay. I'm going to take it even one step further. And maybe this is one of your later points, but you know, places like the grand Canyon, Yellowstone, um, uh, great smoky mountains, Everglades, there's a specific thing that you like, like a, a, a natural wonder in national mm-hmm. parks that you associate. So like the Grand Canyon, obviously it's the Grand Canyon. Yep, um, yep. In, in Yellowstone, there's Artist Point. There's like, there's some things that you can, you can see. And that's kind of the same thing with the Disney parks. Like when you go to Magic Kingdom, it's the castle. When you go to Epcot, yeah, it's the ball. Yeah. When you go to um, Hollywood Studios, there's a little bit less, but Tower of Terror, I would say, falls in that. And obviously in Animal Kingdom, you have the tree. Um, there's, and even there's subsets of that where, I mean, I would argue that Pandora is a little bit like that. I mean, where I've definitely stood there and just kind of stared up at those hallelujah mountains going like, holy cow, this is a really great feat of engineering. Absolutely. Um, So I think it's, it's, yes, you've got the, you've got the history. Um, uh, you've got the, the celebrating this you know, person, this American entrepreneur, but you also had then have these like things that aren't rides. You're just going to see them. Like, it's yeah. like, Oh, Oh, I'm well, just, they're, they're, I, they're is... feats of 
they're feats of of engineering in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. Imagineers, we, we call them Imagineers, but Imagineers are engineers at their heart, right? That's and why so I can some never of, be an Imagineer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some of the, <laughs> yes, you can. I just got to think of a different way to do it. Um, no, no, I mean, like, but when you think about some of the stuff that they do, you know, there's a reason why uh, Walt was asked in the 1964 World's Fair to create these exciting attractions for these world-class companies like GE, like the Ford Motor Company, right? They were feats of engineering and they continue to be that. I'm actually going to kind of piggyback on that, which is my number four point. Yeah. When you go to a national park, yes, you're going for entertainment, but you're going for something more. You're going for education. You're going to learn something, to appreciate history. And I would argue that the Disney parks offer the same thing that in many ways while you're going to be entertained you're also going to get an education in fact um, walt disney coined the term the walt disney company coined the term in the 80s called edutainment and the idea was yeah we're gonna have you're gonna have a good time while you're here but i'm gonna teach you something while you're here as well Walt was a great American. He celebrated the, the the freedom that America had and the ability to be whatever you wanted to be in America. And the Walt Disney Company has kept that tradition alive. If you look at you know Main Street USA itself is a, a, a homage to uh, turn of the 20th century America, right? Marceline, Missouri, that the, the the facade of of the different things that you see there, or you go to Epcot to learn about the various cultures from around the world. Or in world, or sorry, in future world, you go to learn about um, uh, science and industry and technology, right? And of course, just the history of entertainment is also built into these parks, be it at Hollywood Studios or again animals and zoology and 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 our place in the world uh, at Animal Kingdom, right? So yes, you go to this place to get entertained, but just as important. You're going to learn something too. And that's why, you know, taking your kids out of school to go on a Disney vacation isn't always a horrible thing. There's a way for them to learn things while they're down there. Yeah, you better bet that every time someone talks about kidney stones, I bring up the paper about how riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is what can help pass them. Um, I think Epcot especially has taken a has taken a step back on this end. Like early Epcot was like very much an educational park, not as much now. Um, still, it it still has some of the elements of it. But, uh, you know, you don't have body wars. You don't have the, you know, going through the human body type things. And well, I I would agree with you. It's not void of it. Yeah, I I would agree with you that it's not the way it was in the 80s. But I also don't know if something like that could stand up to hold children's or, frankly, adults' attention span in today's world. They've morphed the way that they they teach people and they educate people into a much more modern type of feel. I mean, we were just talking about Figment earlier. Yes, the ride itself is a little bit disappointing, but when you exit out of the Figment ride, there's a lot of educational stuff right there for young children about music and colors and lights and things. Um, Matt, have you ever been to the Museum of Science and Industry downtown here in Chicago? Oh, yeah. So for those of you who have never been, the Museum of Science and Industry is a must-do museum. If you've got kids who are in that, like, I'd say five to probably 15-year-old range, it's all about science and how science works and the different industries throughout the, throughout the, um, the past century, century and a half. 
in a lot of ways, I I, I almost kind of it's kind of like a, a a Disney in a like D- Disney point five. It's not quite a Disney World, but it's you can Disney go Disney themed. But it no, has, but it's it got has lots that hands on. You're experiencing yeah. it. Um, we went down um, when they had the the Art of Pixar exhibit. Yes, at, there. Me too. So that's why we went down there. And uh, might I say, easiest parking of all the museums that you it's go to down fabulous. There. It's got its own little <laughs> thing. You go boom, boom, you're in the parking oh, structure. We it's were down great. there for that one. We did the art of the brick as well, which was really yeah, cool. That yeah. was a fun one. But you know, they've got the, you can see the tornado and how that creates and the various mm-hmm. weather pat- patterns and stuff. Old Chicago. It just, it has that distinctly D- Disney vibe, which feels again, it's all about education, about making you more aware. Yeah. Well, so. and even, even in certain cases, because Disney now has been around for so long and is such a big part of our culture, it does play into other big historical events. Why were all of the movies in the 1940s all about South America? Well, it's because we were trying to get South America on our side in World War II. He was, well, it's, it's, it's funny you say that, because that's my point number five. Oh, please, at, please continue. <laughs> at Disney Parks, there have been um, major milestones in American history that we have to be aware of. One of which is, in fact, the opening of Disneyland itself. Mm -hmm. The opening of Disneyland itself was broadcast on ABC. It was part of a deal that was struck uh, with Disney at the time, with ABC, before Disney owned ABC. And, And they broadcast, they had the exclusive rights to showcase the opening of Disneyland. Now, again, 1955. Remember, people weren't able to travel as easily as they are now. But here's the stat that I found absolutely overwhelming. That opening broadcast captured 54.2% of the entire country's attention. Wow. Can you imagine something today capturing 54% of the country's attention? I almost Absolutely think it's not. not possible. Like it, it is how not how much content there is. There is just just it's not possible. It is absolutely not possible. And you know who he had a ton of guests at that. One of which um, was the future president, Ronald Reagan. He actually helped um, a broadcast slightly with it, but that was a historic event for television. I mean, television in 1955, think about it. That wasn't, as huge of a thing as it is now. So if you had 54% of the, of, of the country's attention, people were going over to people's houses and watching this thing in black and white on these tiny televisions. Another historical event took place at the contemporary hotel in 1973. Do you know what that was? I do. That is Nixon's. I am not a crook. 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 So that was the speech. That was the whole water great, water great, water great, water gate craziness. He gave the, I am not a crook speech from the lobby of the contemporary hotel. Um, in 1993, um, Disney actually was going to try to create a separate theme park in Virginia called Disney's America. And it, 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 I mean, it got all the way to the planning stages. I even want to say they had started to break a little bit of ground and the local community shot back and said, absolutely not. We don't want this in our area. And, and, and they completely, um, uh, uh, turned it down and disney got out of it but the idea was they were going to celebrate great moments in american history that goes back to that edutainment factor then of course there was one more which happened on september 11th 2001 which we all know that Mm -hmm. day and uh those of us who lived through it know exactly where we were when we heard that news um 
for the first time in Disney history, other than for a hurricane, Disney made the decision to close its parks early and be closed the following day, not only out of respect for what happened, but also out of a fear that they could very well be um, a target, that Magic Kingdom could be a target for a potential terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. And so that was also a moment in history. Do you know the other piece of Illinois history? That is not really happen, but uh, uh, very weird political corruptedness. Our, uh, our wonderful, I, for those of you, this is maybe a national thing too, Rod, Rod Bogoyevich. Oh, Bogoyevich, okay. Uh, from what I gather, he was staying at Coronado Springs when he found out he was indicted uh, for his selling of the Senate seat. Really? I, yeah, th- I think like, you've so, told me that. So, like, reporters were confronting him at Coronado Springs to get his comments of being arrested wow. or being indicted, or yeah. So apparently, when apparently when you're doing political scandal, Disney is the place to go. <laughs> that is crazy. So again, by being these moments in American history, that's just like national parks. They're, they they have these moments in national history. Which, by the way, that last one of 9/11 leads me to point number six. There actually is a no-fly zone around Magic Kingdom Park to this day. You cannot fly within 3,000 feet of Magic Kingdom. That's why you don't ever see any planes traveling over Magic Kingdom. Other parts of the other parts of the um, of the World Resort, you can do it, but Magic Kingdom is still a designated no-fly zone. There are several national parks that that is also the case. There are no other theme parks in the country. Which uh, which national parks do you know? Do you have a uh, did, well, did you? Uh, I mean, just look at um, the White House as a national park. I mean, it's oh, considered, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like that, that whole that her- whole aerospace right there. Um, I don't know if uh, uh, I don't believe like things like the Grand Canyon or things like that. You can fly over those. But no, like there are certain areas that are not. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, not certain monuments, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, OK. So. That takes me to point number seven, which is actually more of a hypothetical, which is a which is a question, a dialogue that I want to have with you now. So first of all, have I done a good job convincing you? Yeah, I, I think. I mean, y- y- I think you were already there anyway. I but... mean, I, I was. I was kind of already there, but it, it's still hearing the argument kind of, kind of come out. Yeah, it, it's a different theme park. People keep. People always wonder how. Why do you? How can you keep going back to Disney World? All this other stuff. Why do you keep going back? And I, I think because they equate it with a Six Flags. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. yeah, if I were to go to Six Flags, you know, all the time. Now I know people that do. Like it. it it's. But it's still like you're not getting necessarily the same type of experience, whereas this you are getting a different experience. So if I go to Yellowstone all the time, yeah, I'm going to see different things and I'm going to be able to do different things. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's going to be stuff that's going to be the same, but there's going to be some stuff that's very, very different. Like maybe you'll see a bear this time. Maybe you'll see a moose. Maybe you will see 50 by Rocky and Bullwinkle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When we went to the when we went to the Grand Canyon, um, I was there about 10 years ago with my friends, Matt, Melissa, and their kid at the time. Uh, We didn't see a moose, but we saw a giant elk just roaming, like just roaming, like by the cars. It was was like, like he was probably a hundred yards away from us, maybe at most, maybe less 50 yards away. And I got him on video and I was like, I thought it was a moose at the time, but no, we later figured out it was an elk. But yeah, you never know what you're going to see. And the same is true for the Disney parks. It's not like I went to Six Flags. Nothing against Six Flags. I went to Six Flags um, Flags over the summer. 
over the summer with my brother and sister-in-law and my two nieces and my nephew. And we had a great time and I got to ride some coasters and, and stuff. But you know what? It's not something that I'm necessarily compelled to go back to, you know, year after year. Every couple of years is fine with me, you know. Yeah. Um, Disney, on the other hand, I, I, I could would love to hop a plane right now and head on down for a day or two, you know, that'd be great. Yeah. But yeah, but all right. So here's my hypothetical. And I think this is almost timely given some of the news that's still there. It looks like the Florida legislature has moved on this really dissolving the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And it looks like the special arrangement that Disney's had down there for 50 years may, in fact, be going away. Um, that said, uh, they'll make it work. They make it work in California. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I'm not worried. <laughs> but here's my hypothetical. If the Disney parks, if Disney was ever at risk of losing its domestic parks and let's say the only suitable, the only suitable buyer to buy, because I don't think they would ever go away. I really do not think Disney parks will ever go defunct I, unless you disagree. That said, if the buyers of the parks were ever foreign entities, non-American entities, do you think the federal government would step in to save them and buy them? Hmm. That's an it's excellent question. question. Yeah, that, that's that is an excellent question because I, on on the one hand, my my gut answer is I don't think we have to worry about that because I think the theme park demand is always going, especially for Disney, is always going to be very very high. And this isn't just like a Disney thing. You're seeing it with Universal as well. Oh, that, absolutely. Yeah. That the demand for highly themed entertainment and theme parks is there. That so much so that beyond just Disney, there are people that are creating these heavily themed lands. However, um, to, to kind of <clears throat> give an answer to the question, I, that'd be really tough because, um, you know, that, that all of a sudden means that now you've got taxpayer dollars going into, going into Disney world. Um, I mean, which, I guess my question, I guess my question is, would they ever, I mean, we've talked about how they want to like, save the like American. Well, well, but, yes. Well, but I think what it is, it's like, we've talked about how they're like national parks already. This would make them national parks. Would the federal government ever swoop in understanding the American and cult, the, the cultural historical significance of a Disneyland? I mean, again, we're talking, we are uh, almost 70 years at this point with Disneyland where we're, we're not, you know, 63, 63, 64 years, the cultural, the historical, the legacy of that Americana, would they let a them fall into disrepair and, and close or B fall into the hands of a non-American influence in our country? I, it's just a really interesting question to me. You know, I think one of the things that I could see happening is if it got to a point where it was like falling into disrepair, all this other stuff that, you take it over, but then it doesn't become a theme park anymore. Now it's mm, a, you go and visit museum. like a national park where you mm. go and view this piece of American history 
and here's what this was and here's the engineering feats and here's was the cultural significant you know here's here's the contemporary resort where nixon went i am not a crook yeah uh you know here's where other you know uh, here's where the disneyland speech was here's here's this ride and why was it significant at the time and here's a change that it was probably made. almost becomes like a greenfield village yeah, Ford it, very much so. If you've ever been to that, uh, the listeners in, in Detroit, Michigan, Dearborn, Michigan, there's the Henry Ford, Muse- Henry Ford Museum and Greenfield Village, where they have literally taken apart historical homes and buildings and sites and reconstructed them on this property not to be lost to history, right? Yeah. It almost yeah. would be something like that. Huh, yes. interesting. Yeah. I, I, so that's one way that I could see it as like, I mean, this is this would not be anything recent. This would be like, you know, 500 years where, you know, it, it, you know the the Disney company has, has because right now it, it, it just seems impossible that in our lifetime, the, the Walt Disney company is all of a sudden going to tank. But... You know, it was not that long ago. It was less than 40 years ago where the Disney company was in some some very tricky times. Uh, dude, it was not that long ago. It was less than three years ago that the Walt Disney company was in tricky times. Well, I was nervous about what was going to happen to the Walt Disney company in 2020 when you literally stop all production of entertainment, all production of theme parks in all, you know, all revenue streams other than Disney Plus. They were in trouble. Yeah. So to so it it's it, it seems impossible, but it, it it's not it's not. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think I, I think that in our lifetime I don't see it happening. But again, like three hundred years, five hundred years, who knows? Maybe yeah, did the Disney parks do kind of become this don't just don't come to ride the rides, come and see what we did for entertainment mm-hmm. back in the you know early 2000s and look yeah. at look what we used to do and uh you know kind of it, like a greenfield village is exactly what it like look how we yeah. used to live look what we did well look here's what we did for fun and um i could see that i think it would be i think the problem with if uh if a government entity if the american government were to come in and try to run that park it 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 would fall into disrepair and close anyway, because mm. the amount of maintenance that has to be done on that place yeah, is the amount of billions of dollars. All right. Well, that does it for us today. It's closing time. Uh, Matt, you want to tell them how to get a hold of us? Yes, you can email us beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Beers Ears 1928. As always, we are brought to you by Magical Memories by Casey. If you are wanting to go to one of these national parks, uh, please, uh, you can uh, contact Casey through our email. Um, You can go to Magical Memories by Casey Woolley. Facebook, right? Yeah, Um, just just Facebook.com slash Magical Casey. Yep, yep, Magical Casey. Um, You can also get through his link on SorcererNetwork.com. Um, as always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. New year. Maybe maybe it's time to review something. Um, Beautiful. Um, yeah. I All think right. Let's raise our glasses. Do it. Uh, I've got All my right. tea. <laughs> this episode has been on us. We'll see you again real soon. Bye, everyone. As he drinks his tea. <laughs>